This is the Cato Daily Podcast for Friday, March 14, 2008. I'm Caleb Brown. Is the concern over sovereign wealth funds driven by issues of sovereignty, or is it perhaps mere protectionism? What is the risk of sovereign wealth funds to U.S. security? As the EU prepares to endorse a code of conduct for those funds, what concerns ought to dominate? Jim Dorn, the Cato Institute's Vice President for Academic Affairs, offers his perspective. When thinking about these sovereign wealth funds, it seems to parallel the discussion that was going on in the 1980s with the Japanese. Is that an appropriate comparison? Well, the Japanese were running a large uh, current account surplus with the United States, bilateral surplus, and they had a lot of dollars uh, they didn't know what to do with. So they started investing in uh, U.S. assets, in particular real estate. They brought Rockefeller Center, and they bought uh, Pebble Beach, and uh, these turned out to be uh, terrible investments, uh, as one might imagine, since they're using other people's money uh, rather than their own. Uh, so uh, there, there's some parallel there, yes. The skepticism about sovereign wealth funds is driven more by an issue of sovereignty. Well, it's, it's driven by an issue of uh, foreign governments uh, possibly uh, investing in assets in the United States that uh, might uh, jeopardize our national security. I think that's the main uh, concern. Uh, but we already have uh, CFIUS, the uh, uh, Committee on Foreign Investment in the United States, uh, to vet these foreign investments that may uh, have credible threats uh, or pose uh, credible threats uh, uh, to our national security. So, uh, But the problem is that a lot of times uh, it'll come under the guise of national security when, in fact, it's uh, kind of a crude protectionism. And uh, we have to be careful of that particular angle because we don't want to prevent uh, trade either in goods or investments that uh, would benefit the U.S. economy and benefit individuals uh, uh, and, and basically uh, prevent those types of investments from taking place. If I understand you correctly, you are recommending a large-scale privatization of what the Chinese government holds in its assets right now. Well, in an ideal world, that's right. What we'd like to see is privatization of those assets so that individual Chinese uh, own them rather than the government. Uh, after all, they do belong to the people. Um, so if, if the Chinese government actually established, let's say, private pension accounts, um, which were fully funded, and they allowed them to invest in U.S. assets as well as Chinese firms, I think that would be a very good thing. Uh, in fact, their Social Security system is uh, investing part of its assets abroad now. And they're starting to have individual uh, funded accounts. Uh, they're very small right now, but that's a step in the right direction. So if that were the case, um, then I don't think there would be a big issue. We'd still worry about uh, foreign investment uh, from a uh, national security standpoint, but I don't think there would be as a big issue as uh, you know, having a, uh, the world's largest communist government uh, owning U.S. assets. That's what worries people. How credible is the belief that the Chinese government becoming a large shareholder in U.S. corporations and making decisions that would go against the interests of the corporate entity at the risk of U.S. security? I don't think it's very credible at all. Um, the Chinese have already said that they're uh, not going to take uh, active uh, positions in companies. That is, the, the shares that they own are typically non-voting shares. They take passive investments rather than trying to take over a company. Uh, so, uh, and, and certainly they're going to stay away from uh, 
investments that uh, may pose national security concerns. They already learned from the Sinook uh, uh, Unical deal a couple of years ago that was um, really uh, completely stopped dead in its tracks by the U.S. Congress, basically, and also this Dubai Ports case that came up uh, uh, just recently. So I think uh, it, they're smart enough to know that uh, – they want to steer steer clear of any investments that may pose uh, political hazards for them. Uh, what they want to do is they've got huge dollar assets, and they want to uh, diversify uh, away from simply holding government bonds into something with a little bit higher yield. Now, this is not a bad thing for the U.S. economy, I think, because if if they're simply holding U.S. government debt, it allows the U.S. government to grow faster and at a lower, uh, a cheaper deal for taxpayers because the interest rates will be lower. Um, but do we want them simply holding U.S. government debt and allowing the government to grow even larger than it is now? I don't, I don't think so. Uh, if they diversify into private assets, uh, they have a stake in a global economy, one that's market-driven, and eventually some of these assets could be privatized in their own funds uh, through Social Security privatization uh, and so on. So. I think it it's short-sighted on our part to simply say, uh, you know, any Chinese vesta that comes into the United States poses a risk to the United States. Now, I don't think anybody's going to that extreme, uh, but still, you hear a lot of um, a lot of rhetoric that's uh, very heated. The European Union Spring Summit to be held in Brussels will endorse a code of conduct for sovereign wealth funds. Do you have any idea what that will look like or what it ought to look like? Well, they want their books open. They want to know what types of investments they're making, how much, how many shares they hold in companies, and and so on. But uh, again, remember, uh, foreign governments have no jurisdiction in the United States. Uh, we could always divest foreign governments. We could even nationalize the assets. I don't recommend that, uh, but that is an option. Uh, that's a fact. Uh, so if the plants are here and we have the keys. Uh, is, is foreign direct investment really a threat? I, I think not, for the most part. Uh, we have enough uh, uh, institutions in place right now to uh, vet those foreign investments that may pose credible security risks. I think that we should welcome trade and investment, uh, and uh, that binds nations together, and that's good for the global economy. Uh, remember, the reason they got all these dollars in the first place is because uh, the savings in the United States is not sufficient to fund all the investment that's taking place. And, and that's a counterpart of the, uh, the current account deficits that we've been running. And uh, we should look at the overall U.S. current account deficit, not just the bilateral trade deficit with China. Uh, that's silly just to look at that. Uh, so the U.S. government itself is too big, and we ought to be cutting back the size of our government uh, and releasing funds for private investment in the United States and increasing saving by reducing marginal tax rates uh, and conducting a solid monetary policy so that the long-run value of the dollar holds up. Uh, those are the things that we can do ourselves. Uh, we're not going to change China uh, by, by some regime change in China. That's wishful thinking. Uh, the Chinese people themselves will have to uh, change China in the direction of more freedom. Jim Dorn is the Cato Institute's Vice President for Academic Affairs. This is the Cato Daily Podcast. You can read Jim's recent op-ed on sovereign wealth funds at our website, cato.org.